The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you for another season live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me for another year on the pod as co-host is Rick. How are you, buddy? Macca. Buddy, mate, how you going? It's back. Are you excited? Very excited, mate. It's going to be a big year. I know. And, I mean, what about all the new technology we're, we're trying? The randomness. I love it. The excitement of failure. It's great. Anything could happen tonight. Do you want to tell it could us be the best it? night of our lives or it could be an absolute disaster. Do you want to tell us about it? What is it? We have moved to a new live system called Spreaker, so we're giving this a go. It's got a chat window, so anyone that um, wants to listen live can listen live and, uh, and chat with us live, or chat with me live because I'm the host, um, and ask their questions there instead of Twitter and Facebook, so it's uh, a lot more convenient. It's always about you, isn't it? It's always, it's always about me, mate. It's, it's taken you four seasons to realise this. It's always Lord Macca, Macca this, Macca that, the crowd love Macca. Macca, 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 Macca. What about, what about Rick? What about Porsche? No one gives a shit about us. It's all about we're, Macca. We're just giving the people what they want, mate. <laughs> and our guest for this evening, straight from the forums, is Raman. Uh, g'day, guys. Welcome. Hey. I hope you know I'm kind of bent over in a very uncomfortable position having the microphone right now because Macca was having a go at me about how low <laughs> my voice was. So um, just uh, feel my pain and, and, and you know... Just be sympathetic, okay? So, why are you bent over again? And Macca's in the same sentence? Interesting. <laughs> well done, Rick. You've gone there already. Oh, look. A minute in and we have to cancel the podcast. Great. We've had our um, Janus interesting Rick moment already. Sorry, you guys just provide the content and I deliver the material. That's how it works these days. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love it. Well, look, let's get straight into it and talk about the news uh, for the past couple of weeks. And I guess the main news uh, is the resigning of three players. Um, They resigned last week. Uh, Jesse Palmer and Dougal Howard have signed for one year, um, taking them to the end of 2017. And then the one that we were all waiting for, Ollie Wines, has signed for another two seasons, taking him to the end of 2018. What do we think about that, boys? I'm actually scared. I'm very disappointed that Ollie didn't sign for five years. I mean, what's going to happen in three years' time? I mean, he might leave us. It's just horrific. What are we going to do? I don't think you're sincere in that opinion, Rick. No, I'm not. It's great, man. But, I mean, how paranoid were we? I mean, everyone was freaking out because he hadn't signed a new contract a year out from his existing one. I mean, let's let's get with the times. I mean, but it's how fantastic is it for the club that he's uh, uh, recommitted? And uh, I'm expecting great things from the young man this year. Yeah, look, I mean, um, as nice as it would have been for a, like a five-year-plus deal to happen, um, that was always just a fantasy. Um, I, I think I said on the forum, no, no, no player manager uh, would be being responsible if he let a player in all his position uh, sign on for any longer than he did. So... Yeah, there's uh, absolutely no reason to be worried about the the length of that uh, contract extension. Yeah, I'm not worried at all either. Um, and if you look at it, I mean, if he has the season 
uh, that we think he will. Um, and look, I mean, he's here for another three years, so there's nothing to worry about anyway. anyway. But if he follows his trajectory, he'll be worth another sort of 30 or 40% on top of what he's worth now anyway. So as you yep. say, any manager worth their salt would be saying, don't sign anything too long because um, you know, you're missing out on sort of major dollars. Was the signing ever in doubt? No. Probably not. No, I think it's great to get it out the way this early to stop the media circus that went on with Dangerfield and, and a few other players. So, um, you know, to get it out the way now is fantastic. Was it ever in doubt? I guess we'll never know. I mean, maybe he sent out the feelers to see what he could could get elsewhere. Um, you never know. Uh, but in the end, he's here at Port Adelaide for another three years and, uh, and what a joy that is. And look, the other two players as well, Palmer and Howard, um, two players yet to debut, but um, you know we could well see both of them at uh, AFL level this year. We could. Did I mute my microphone when I was squeaking then? No, you um, didn't. Nope. Sorry, I did press the mute button, so I do apologise. All right, who is um, Dougal Howard anyway? I've forgotten who he is on our list. <laughs> Hashtag Year of the Dougal. Make it happen. Year of the Dougal. <laughs> uh, is he the Ruckman? No. Well, he's the forward slash ruckman slash just toll bugger, I think. Um, he's just one of the only toll buggers on our list, so we're just throwing him wherever we need him, I think. And look, he had a... Well, I guess we'll talk about it later on, but um, I guess I was a little bit unimpressed by him last year a little bit. I thought he, he struggled a little bit with the pace of SANFL footy, um, looked a bit sluggish, slow off the mark, but um, you know we've, we've just heard great things coming out of the club uh, about his pre-season and you know they're talking him up as a possible um, sort of uh, AFL player this year and you know going by his uh, his internal trial results um, last week um, you could say he might be well within a chance oh yeah I mean um, it, it, it kind of makes me a bit conflicted to think about him uh, because off that internal trial you you're just um, really anticipating him having a chance and playing a few games this year but at the same time, if he does play a few games this year, it's probably not a good sign for our list and our season overall, I guess. Um, it probably means that Charlie Dixon's pretty injured and Butcher's pretty rubbish, or Logie's injured and we're really desperate for extra ruck. So um, as much as I want to see him, I kind of don't want to see him. Let's move on. And so talk about the, the 97 yes. Guernsey. So for round one this year, we are going to be wearing our inaugural... 97 away Guernsey with the three wings down the side to commemorate our 20th year in the AFL. 20 years. It's, uh, that's a bit crazy. Um, and, of course, it was the first Guernsey that, uh, that we wore in the AFL. And what a good day that was. <laughs> yes, an absolute thumping by Collingwood and spending the day with Collingwood fans. What could be better? <laughs> I love that Guernsey. I thought it was a great Guernsey. It was, yeah, absolutely. I love it as well. It's uh, it's one of my favourites. It was actually the first Guernsey I ever owned. My folks got it, uh, or they got me a uh, authentic number twenty seven Tom Harley uh, for Christmas that year. I, I reckon it's great. Uh, it still fits, which is fantastic as well. What was the thinking behind that? Why number twenty seven? I think that's the only one that uh, that was left available, or something like uh, that. So, right. yeah. Um, but in any case, it was a fantastic gift, and it's kind of started my obsession with getting Guernseys. So now I've got about 25 of them. So I reckon it's great. I love the look of it. Um, it looks like an absolute cracker, um, and no doubt I'll be getting me one of these as well. You're an addict. I am. You've got, you got a shoe fetish as well? No. No, no? just Guernseys. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I love how we respect our 
old heritage as well as our recent heritage. So uh, it's a good thing. When are we wearing again? Uh, round one, I think, against St Kilda. Awesome. Should be good. Okay. Sorry, Mecca. I, I promised the board I'd be controversial. This is only going to be like a little bit controversial, but I've never really understood the love for that. Um, Get out. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of, of the 397 jerseys, that one's third for mine, and I know everyone else has it first. But, um, yeah, uh, I don't really have anything more to say about that. It's purely a taste thing, but... Um, yeah, uh, I just thought I would uh, try to get people annoyed at me, that's all. Well, well, look. <laughs> You've succeeded very well. Excellent. We're not, we're not mainstream here where we have to fabricate arguments. <laughs> all right, Raman, don't now just make up bullshit just to create a debate, right? I mean, just be honest. No, it's I'm, great Guernsey. I'm being sincere, but, you know, you know whatever. Don't, don't invite this guy on ever again, Maka. <laughs> no, he's just done. outrageous. One and done dump, for the year, this dump, one. Dump him now. <laughs> That's it. No, if I had my choice, I reckon the uh, the Ansett Cup Guernsey would be my favourite of the three original ones. Oh, um, I agree with that one, yeah. But this one would be second. Fair enough. I reckon my favourite is the orange train Guernsey that we've implemented this year. I reckon that's great. It's got such a strong connection with our heritage. It does, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, next. Next, absolutely. Let's move on and talk about the internal trial. So the yearly family day has come and gone once again. We've got a good look at the act uh, of the lads in action. Uh, for the first time in 2016, Rick, I don't think you could make it. Um, but Raman, I think you were there. Yeah, I was certainly there. I didn't really kind of notice much of what was going on, though. Okay, great. I'm really glad that I invited you on uh, for this discussion. Did you go, Maka? I did go, yep. <laughs> Yeah, when, so what were you, what were you doing, Raman? Were you uh, in the bar? Sorry, no, I was not in the bar, no. Um, it's just that, I don't know, the things that you're meant to look at in an internal trial is all the new players and everything, and I have this special kind of blindness where I just don't notice new players and I only look at the established ones. So I'm just not, yeah, I'm just setting expectations here because I'm not sure how helpful I'm going to be, apart from yeah. obviously Dougal um, Howard, who uh, kind of really stood out. That's right. No, he tore things apart. Dougal, we already spoke about him a little bit earlier, but um, he was absolutely fantastic um, last Friday. He kicked three goals. He took a number of strong marks. He still looks a little bit slow off the mark, but he's got great pace once he's actually moving. He's really quick once he gets going. Um, Strong pack marks. He looks stronger than last year, bigger upper body. Um, I mean, he was a big surprise for me. I I really didn't expect him to play that well. Well, I saw my um, I saw my buddy that I always keep pumping up. The arch had a good game. Everyone was talking highly of Brendan. Oh yes. Yep, Archie was just an absolute beast around the ball. He kicked goals. He he took mark of the day. A wonderful one hander up in a pack. Um, you know, just some phenomenal clearance work. Um, and it's just his all around the ground work as well. He's getting some outside ball. He's getting it on the inside. I mean, he could really turn into that sort of twenty disposal. Goal game midfielder that um, sort of everyone wants. Is there a starting 22 spot for him? Yes. I think no doubt. Yeah, absolutely there is. Um, I mean, who wouldn't want that sort of player with that height, um, that marking ability, good inside work, can kick goals, can play in you know two or three different positions? Who wouldn't want that sort of player in the 22? Um, mm. Even though we've got Wines coming back in, I still think there's a spot there. And yep. Look, I think... Um, yeah, I reckon he'll be he'll be in the side come round one. 
I guess some of the other players that uh, that were worth talking about from the weekend, I mean, we saw the return of Jared Polek, who I thought played a really good game. And yes, whilst he made two or three errors that Ken pointed out, um, yeah. the fact he got the ball about 35 times and you know was pretty much the only player out there really breaking the lines and, and running from uh, deep in defence and you know into the forward 50, uh, you know, he had a wonderful game. All I wanted to see from Polek was free running. I honestly didn't care whether he got the ball or how he used it, but he... He ran fast and hard and just didn't look encumbered at all. And that's just wonderful. I'm just going to stop discussion here very briefly and I'm just going to try something to see if we can stop that stutter. Well, I reckon, Lobie, you should be taking a lot of interest in him, Ramin, because he is going to be fundamentally important for us this year. And I think we need his tap work to come back to what he demonstrated in 2014. And I think... His around-the-ground presence has to improve substantially from last year. I don't think we can carry him like we did with Ryder last year. But, but was his tap work good in 2014? I, I mean, I remember him being being strong and him being always willing to get on the ground and, and use that big body around the contest and stuff, but I, I, I don't remember especially uh, good tap work. I guess he was, he was still able to negate the opposition... Ruckman, yep. uh, to minimise their impact in relation to their tap work. So that's that's how I'm associating uh, his tap work in a positive manner. I'm I'm with you. I don't think he's yep. our Russell Johnson or Bren, Brendan Lade or even Matthew Primus type Ruckman, but he was able to to do that stopping role with the Ruckman. But last year he was had an inability to do that, which you know caused opposition teams just to run out of it the centre square at will at times. Yeah, yeah but he's he's not a great tap ruckman, and there's no shame in saying that. Not every ruckman out there is a wonderful tap ruckman that can you know, you know, do what Brendan Lade used to do and tap it down someone running past throat. You know, I mean, not every ruckman is like that. Lobie is more of a negator, um, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but we just need him to compete a bit more than what he did last year. I think that's where it um, went downhill a little bit for Matty Loby last year is he lost that ability to compete time and time again. And if he can get that back, um, then I think he's going to be perfectly fine for us this year. And I think he will because um, I, I really honestly think it's everyone said the same, but um, his, his lack of form last year was largely due to disenfranchisement uh, because of the introduction of Ryder to the team. Um, and I think, you know, he knows that he's got his chance to, to really compete and to really uh, make himself an essential part of the team this year. And, and you know, no one's ever questioned his uh, ability as a competitor, or rather, OK, no one in the last few years has questioned his ability as a competitor. Um, he's really shown what he can do uh, in 2015, and that's that's what I expect of him this year. Yeah. Sammy Cahoon, uh, what were your thoughts on his game, Raman? I mean, I... Looked like he was playing a little bit further uh, forward of the bowl, um, you know, playing up around sort of a, a forward flank. And Kenny's talked about he may be taking over Monfrey's role um, this season. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting one. I guess I have to declare a bias here because I'm one of those people who doesn't really see the the, um, the upside of of Sam. I, yeah, it feels a bit horrible to say, but I, I'd rather see. I'd rather see uh, a, a youngster like a, uh, an X-Factor type like Jesse Palmer take over a, a, a role possible in, in my wildest fantasy. Um, yeah, look, I, I thought he was serviceable on the on the trial game, but um, 
uh, you know, it didn't change my opinion of him one way or the other. Yeah. He certainly got a lot of the ball. He, he He's another that probably had over 20 touches and... Um, you know, some of his delivery was really good. Some of it was uh, was pretty poor. Um, turned yeah. it over a little bit. Yeah. And look, when he was sort of up around the midfield, he was doing a lot of sideways kicks, which I guess is something that um, has been a criticism of him um, in the past. But I don't know, maybe he's the Kane Corners replacement in that regard. Yeah. Is he really a, uh, a forward pocket, though? I wouldn't uh, have thought so. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I think he's floating sort of half-back or wingman roles would have been uh, the better way. I would have looked at him anyway. Well, it's almost a complete 180, isn't it? Because Sammy Cahoon's known as being that sort of loose player down back, that sort of sweeper role, uh, can get the ball, uses it pretty well sometimes. Um, probably the biggest criticism of his game is his lack of kind of defensive pressure. Um, so for him to then go onto a forward flank where defensive pressure is pretty paramount, um, I mean, it's almost a 180. So it's it'll be interesting to see if he does play there at times this year. I'm not sure he's going to be part of our first 22 come round one. Um, but I think he will be there, uh, thereabouts, and probably an emergency. Mm. Yep. Yeah, fair uh, cool. I think it's clear that the coaching staff like him. So I think that always helps in your chances of, of getting a go. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, next player, the Butch. Um, he was up forward. I guess uh, as enigmatic as usual, had one um, one kind of interesting set shot at goal, which uh, which missed. Um, it was interesting to note that uh, his run up had changed quite dramatically. He was uh, he was going at full pace when he kicked the ball. Um, again, he, he took a couple of really good marks, dropped a couple of sitters that he should have taken. But um, you know, I, I don't know where do we see Butcher fitting in this year? Charlie Dixon backup mm. number one. Depending on how Dougal Howard goes up forward in the sample, I guess. Um, yeah, it was a like as you suggested, a, a pretty much a classic butcher game with um, equal mix excitement and frustration. Um, I guess uh, the uh, the change in run up is kind of encouraging, and things looked a little bit more fluid. But the actual results weren't that different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's always good to see that something you know they've obviously been putting the thought into you know changing things and um, um, not demonstrating insanity by trying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, I think you know statistically speaking, Dixon's probably going to play sixteen to eighteen uh, minor round games this year, and I think the other four to six will probably see Butch come in, and I think. Uh, we're going to see uh, a lot of excitement around Adelaide Oval when that happens. <laughs> I've been requested to say something insightful. So uh, <laughs> my insightful observation on John Butcher is I, I highly doubt that he's ever going to be a great kick for goal. Um, I just don't see it going to... It's not going to happen, but I That's think there's still... That's really controversial. I know. Look, I'm really just... balls on the line there. Mate, I'm just trying to cut through the cheese and really, really, really become an insightful character for, and contribute to this podcast so it's not all on and shoulders. But I still think there is a potential place for him and I, I really like that maybe I can see a need for him in that crashing centre-half forward mark, uh, uh, position. Great mark, great hands. Looks like he's got some good body shape about him and, I, yeah, I am optimistic. Question of the day. Do we go yeah. back to the quadrangle of doom? 
With Smalls or Tolls? <laughs> with Tolls. With Butch, Schultz, Westhoff and Dixon all in the forward line. Depends how what we're carrying down back. I mean, the, I guess the one bonus of that is that there's no Daniel Stewart involved in that, so <laughs> we're already better off. But. What about, can't we... Stewart the Doom, though? <laughs> can't we get uh, Brett Ebert back? Ebo, Mumphreys, Chad, Robbie Gray. That'd be pretty awesome. Well, even Motlop. Get Motlop back. Motlop? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It depends <laughs> what we're carrying down back, I guess. And my main man, Simon Phillips. Simon <laughs> 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 Let's get him back. Let's bring them all back. Yeah, bring them all back. Why not? But um, well, you never know. I mean, it, guess what? We're carrying down back. It's going to be a bit of an influencer on that, isn't it? I mean, if you what are we going to? We're going to have Tallwise, Homsch, Alapade, which aren't overly tall, and Jacko. So maybe we will have um, you know the four of them in there with Westhoff being the defensive, offensive swing man. Leaving a three tall four line, but I can't high. see it happening. I can't. No, see it. I can't see that happening. Let's trial it in the preseason and see how it works. That's it. Now I know you said that you uh, unfortunately didn't take much notice of any of the young players, Raman. But uh, did any of them tickle your fancy at all? A little bit. Um, Aiden Johnson. Yep. Yeah, obviously, listeringly quick, which is always nice to see. Um. Yeah, apart from that, it was really just him and the Dougal show. Um, yeah. I know he's not a first-year player, but kind of had a strange experience where I thought I thought Darcy Byrne-Jones was really terrible all day, but a lot of people have come out and said he was good, so I'll, I'll defer to their judgment on that one. <laughs> I thought he wasn't bad. He made probably two errors that cost scoring shots. I, I think shots. I probably only noticed those two errors and like yeah. twice. Row and just uh, wrote his whole off, whole game off on that basis. There was one handball where he it looked like he actually forgot to handball, and the ball just <laughs> sort of dropped out of his hand. Yeah, um, and they I think they kicked a goal from that, and I think he got caught holding the ball another time. But outside of that, I thought he was pretty good. Used his pace, um, used the ball pretty well. It's going to be interesting to see where he, where he fits in because I guess he's he's pretty low down the the depth chart at the moment. Yeah. But yeah. I still hold out hope for. Ben Jones. I don't think he plays badly. I think he showed really good improvement last year. And I think if he shows improvement of a similar trajectory this year, I think he'll still get another year next year as well. What about um, Riley Boner? How'd he go? The Bonner, the big Bonds, uh, uh, 2016 player sponsor. Really? He was bloody wonderful. He was fantastic. He was player of the day. So we didn't go. No, not really. Him. But uh, he, he wasn't too bad. He probably made a few mistakes. Um, he was given kicking duty a few times and and didn't do too badly. Um, probably at stages looked a little bit overawed with the pace of the game. Yeah. I guess. That's the word I was going to use. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I think in the second half he played a bit better. So you see potential. Oh, he's going to be a star, but he might take a couple of years to get there, I think. I don't think he's going to be a player that um, that we'll see too much of at AFL level in, in 2016. Although the, the coaches have spoken pretty highly about how he's performed in the in the preseason, but I think given our depth down back and the type of player that he is, I think he's um, he can be rewarded with some time in the SANFL just to build up his body a little bit and, uh, and get his game um, spot on. He's the sort of player that's going to get me to a few more Sandful games than I would otherwise have gone to, I think. Yeah. Um, he's definitely one to watch out for. 
Awesome. What did you think of uh, Jimmy Tumbus? Once again, I put him in the um, Darcy Byrne Jones category. Of everyone seemed reasonably impressed with his game, but I, I wasn't. Yeah, I was mm. up and down. I, I think at, on the day I thought, no, oh, he wasn't too bad. But the more and more I've thought about it, I thought he was maybe a little bit less than that. I think yeah. uh, when he got involved, um, good things tended to happen. Um, but he just needed to get involved a bit more. I think. Yeah. All right, well, moving on from that, we'll have a quick chat about the uh, the NAB 1 Challenge game. We play Sydney and Blacktown on Saturday afternoon at 4.40pm. Uh, We've named, I guess, half a side, I suppose, with a number of the key uh, playmakers and forwards out of the lineup. Um, we have named what I guess you could consider our best defence, though. Um, so there are still a number of key players out there. Uh, looking at the squad, we've named uh, seven players who haven't played an AFL game, including four draftees from last year. So plenty of youth and, I guess, plenty of excitement for this weekend. I didn't know that the pre-season actually started tonight. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Thanks, Rick. Sorry. Anything else, what the hell kind of time is 4.40pm? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty ordinary. I mean, I know it's the NAB Cup, but bloody hell. I sort of gave you a hint um, in the uh, Family Day section where Macca just dropped it. So I'll say it again, and a friend of mine who's tuning in, uh, thanks guys, um, they, they wanted to know our view on Pollock coming back. Is he going to ignite the uh, centre square again and take us forward? But what I would like to know is, are you guys surprised that he's playing, playing in game one? I thought that he might have been rested. I think they'll probably rest him next week and, uh, and play him this week, give him one week on, one week off. Then, uh, then nab three as well. He'll play, and then hopefully play round one. Either way, it'll be two out of three for sure. Yeah. So not you don't think three out of three? I don't think he'll play three out of three. No. So and I'm if a... if he does, he's only going to play a half in each. If he does. Yeah. I wouldn't expect him to play full games. So um, I'm not an expert on this, but I've done some reading. So I mean, there's not much that really can be done about it. So is it all right? You're fit, just start running. If you feel like you're getting sore, let us know. First opportunity, and we'll just rest you from there. Pretty much. That's uh, that's the gist of it, I think. Yeah. So. I no, mean, think... as I've said in the past, we've all heard the horror stories of you know Trengove and um, a few other players that have injured this uh, this part of their body and and haven't been able to get back, and some have retired having not played another game after injuring it. But you know, I guess. The one sort of really big um, against that is James Hurt, who did it, missed pretty much the whole year in '99, and then came back and had a massive year in 2001, a Norm Smith medal. So, you know, and we know how good a player he was uh, through the 2000s. So it certainly didn't um, sort of impact him negatively uh, throughout the rest of his career. But I think it's going to be sort of damage limitation. Um, I think they've said that it's it's something that's always going to be there. So you just got to manage it properly, and he should be all right. Heard mm. did kind of turn into a bit of a dickhead after retirement. Though. <laughs> I don't know if you can draw a causal link between that and the nuclear, though. The older dickhead-related foot injury, I like. Yeah. It. yeah, yeah. So, what are we looking to get out of this game? Can we win it? 
Looking at Sydney's side, I mean, they've named a lot of their big guns. Parker, Kennedy, Hanabry, Franklin, Tippett, Sinclair. So they've, they've got a really strong midfield and, and a really strong forward line out there. I don't think we're going to be able to kick enough goals with uh, just Butcher playing up forward, and that's our only key forward. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a case of, of seeing what sort of um, second-string players really stand up. Because last year in, in this game where we played the youth, um, it was probably maybe a little bit of a sign because... Um, a number of our second string players and players that I guess we were hoping would push for selection really played pretty badly. So hopefully it's a little bit different this year. I'm actually concerned about Lance Franklin and uh, Kurt Spudit. I reckon uh, they might tear us apart without our um, leading midfield group in the team. Oh, look, you would think they'll get better delivery. So, I mean, it's possible though we've got a number on defence out there. So... Maybe that'll hopefully counteract that a little bit, and it'll be interesting to see how they go on on those tolls and what sort of toll structure uh, Sydney have with Sinclair and Nankovic named as well. I um I haven't gone into deep analysis of the Sydney side, but I noticed they've brought in five new players to their squad as well. I saw the headline. Um, now, is it still sort of a reflection of our squad that they've rested players and but they seem to have a deeper team coming into this game than what we do with the players that we've rested no well, I don't think they've really rested all that many players have they yeah. well I don't know like I said I didn't analyse the squad for them over from different parts of our of our talent matrix than they have so that's yeah. the only thing yeah. we're resting probably four or five more sort of first team players than what they are so I don't know but then I mean they made the finals last year and we didn't, so maybe they do bat deeper. So, so I guess one thing I thought was uh, omitted with the summary of the uh, family day, which I put up on the on the Big Footy thread, was um, no one really commented on our transitional play in the family day. And Macca, you remember me at the parade last year in the preseason? I wasn't happy um, with our our standard of play at all, and uh, and especially coming into that showdown um, game at Footy Park. Um, our transition play was really squashed last year. They they set that defensive forward a lot deeper near our forward 50 line and really pushed us back. Um, was there any inkling that we've sort of overcome that hurdle from last year at the family day? Or you don't think we're going to see um, too much of that in the pre-season and we're just going to have to wait for the full season to see where we're at? I think we'll probably have to wait for the full season, but certainly the game style was a, a lot more measured. It was a bit slower. Yeah. Um, there certainly wasn't much of the breaking of the lines until the second half. Uh, the first half was pretty much play down the wings, um, stop, switch the play, stop, switch back, um, and then like a measured delivery into the forward 50. So it was certainly a little bit different from what we've seen, but I guess with the, uh, the reduction in um, interchanges... Are we going to see a slower style of play from most clubs this year? Yeah, I wouldn't even really want to express an opinion on that so far with only an internal trial, even Ricky, just comparing that to what were NAB Cup games last year as opposed to last year's internal trial. So, like, n- not even after the weekend, probably after the second uh, game, which will presumably take a little bit more seriously up in, uh, it's up at Goula, isn't it? Yeah, at Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, whatever. Yeah, um, that, that'll be the, the first moment you can possibly have an opinion on it, over whether, you know, what approach we're taking to, to that. 
Mm. I'll just say it was really noticeable, um, especially in that uh, NAB Cup showdown, the third one. We seemed to be really lost with our transition, and then and that flowed into the season. Um, yeah. So I think there are key indicators that you still can get from the preseason in how you're going to perform. Um, so I think it's something that we should, as fans, should be uh, following um, through this preseason to see what we do because that I, I still think that was one of our biggest um, flaws in the 2015 season was our transitional play was locked down. We were not around, able to get around the zone nearly as productively as we were in 2014. That was just a symptom of being a bit more conservative and less willing to take risks overall, I think. Mm. Yeah. And what about the Nathan Bassett factor? Do you, do you, when do you think we're going to see the effect of his uh, general play? Did you see anything at family day that stood out? I, I prefer to refer to him as Scott Bassett's brother. Mm. And it's really good wow. that he... That's fair. Uh, ...the siblings of our, uh, of our alumni. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think uh, you can really say we've seen anything yet. Macca? Yeah, it's hard to say when we uh, when we're playing against each other and we all know each other's strategies and structures. So it's probably a, a bit hard to say at this point. But I guess we'll know more after this weekend and and the, the coming weeks. So, but we'll get to that in a minute because I guess oh, it's time okay. to move on. And uh, I didn't mean to dish Nathan Bassett right then. It probably sounded bad, but you know. <laughs> Look, Scott Bassett had a much better AFL career than what Nathan did. So, you know. Of course, yeah. Scott, Scott played at least the start nine games. Also, so. well, didn't he? Didn't he play in the best team ever at Geelong? Did he? I don't know. Scott Bassett. I, I thought Scott Bassett went. Oh, he was Bulldogs, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. You're thinking of Tom yeah. Hart? Yeah. Well, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> Scott whatever. Bassett moved to one of the worst teams ever under Peter Road at the Docks. And then Peter Rode became list manager extraordinaire at Port Adelaide. And now we have Scott Bassett's brother. So it's just... The connection <laughs> the, the is world just so we live real. In. It's, it's just freaky. It's wonderful. I'm shocked. It is. Well, look, let's uh, do a bit of a preview for this season. Um, 2016 is now upon us. Um, a year that I guess we are all hoping should provide some success to the footy club. I guess... Um, our thoughts at the end of last year was that this was a fixture that should see us finish pretty high up the ladder um, and give ourselves the best chance uh, possible of seeing uh, maybe a premiership this year. Um, how have we felt over the off-season? Do we still feel that that's, um, that's pretty prominent in your thoughts? Well, the rider thing is obviously a big kick in the guts. Um, yeah, I, I'm not running around like Chicken Little about it, but uh, there's no way to argue that it doesn't hurt. Absolutely. You can be positive and just go, nah, it's right, we'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, we could argue that Ryder and Loby didn't really work that well at all. So the positive is without Ryder that maybe Loby will play better and we'll have a good season anyway, regardless, and we don't need him. That's mm. amazing optimist logic. It is. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's how I'm going to perceive it. I mean, <laughs> obviously it hurts, and uh, but what it's out of our control. So you've got to focus on what we can control, and that's what the footy club's doing, and... Uh, and getting on with it, I guess, uh, you know, we can go back. We're supposed to be going forward here with our forecast, but why we didn't recruit a backup Ruckman uh, to mitigate this risk is uh, another topic of discussion, I guess. But 
um, yeah, we just got to go forward. And I, I'm actually the other optimistic part about it is we we might potentially see Billy Frampton play a game or two. And from all reports, he'd be quite exciting to to watch in the real thing. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a, a lot of grunt as well. Um, I think he's certainly going to be one of those sort of cult heroes for Port Adelaide if he uh, if he ends up getting a go. So. Um, I think we might see him throughout the year. It'll be interesting to see what happens if Loby goes down uh, for any amount of time, what we do with that. Maybe uh, Dougal Howard might be um, might be the solution there as well. So I think um, I think we, we've got a couple of young options there. Um, let's hope Loby stays fit. I guess that's, uh, <laughs> that's what we've got to hope for. Instead of trawling through the whole season and then declaring that we're going to win the Premiership like we did last year, I guess... What about if we just broke it up into the first six games? Uh, I think we've got a pretty good draw this year and, and we should do all right in the first six games. Is that what you're expecting, boys? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we're serious, we should be... I mean, it's not out of the question to say that we might be 7-1 or even 8-0 after a couple of months. And that might be optimistic, but we've got a pretty bloody good start to the season and I hope we make the most of it. And so what's our Achilles heel for the coming into the season? So we're not all just uh, living in the fantasy world. Uh, is injuries going to be our biggest concern and injuries to tall players? Well, that's what it comes down to. Certainly, Loby is, is the big Achilles heel. I mean, if he goes down for any amount of time, then we're going to be pushing it uphill a little bit um, because we don't have a recognised Ruckman that we can rely on. We've got a, a bunch of... Um, uh, either guys that haven't played an AFL game before or we've got pinch hitters like Trengove and, and Westhoff to rely on. So, yeah. you know, fingers crossed that Loby stays fit for the whole year. I mean, I, I think that's probably the only way that we're going to win a premiership if, is if Loby stays fit for the whole year. I think it would be some sort of miracle if, um, if, if we won it if he misses, you know, six, seven, eight games or something like that. What about how many goals does Dixon need to kick for us to make the grand final? Well, I guess that was one of my questions as well, is what's a pass mark for Charlie? I'd say 65 goals. 65 goals? As a yeah. pass mark? As a pass mark? Yeah. yeah, I'm a tough marker. 65 goals would be sensational. Well, that's what I'm hoping. What is he? He's a six foot nine unit. Um, going to be leading in front of one of the best midfields in the competition. Um, I would, you know, I would be hope- with foils of Jay Shields and uh, Justin Westhoff to really pull the second and third defenders away from him and stop the double teaming. Uh, I would be disappointed if he's playing eighteen or nineteen games, not getting close to sixty-five goals. Well, that's that's up there. For me, a pass mark would be um, 18 games and 40 goals. If he reaches those minimums, I'd be pretty content. And I'd say he's been worth it. Um, I mean, if he gets 65 goals, I mean, we'd be laughing, really. Mm. I think we have different, different definitions of pass mark. But I kind of know what Rick is saying. Like, I want it to be sensationally satisfying. And, and uh, yeah, 65 would be that. But, uh, you know... If he if he kicks forty, then you know we're not going to be ruining the decision to recruit him, are we? It's, I mean, it's... it also depends what role he has. Is he playing closer to goal? Is Schultz playing closer to goal? Is Schultz going to be the main target, or is Dixon going to be the main target? So, yeah. if Dixon's the number two dog and he he kicks forty goals, I'd be 
pretty bloody happy with that. I mean, do, do we think do we think that the Schultz and Dixon combo could reach a hundred goals between them? Could happen. It, I, I mean, if we're absolutely um, confident in in Dixon's body, I'd like to see him playing more up more up the ground, more of as more as a centre half forward type. Um, I think that would be colossal. That would be amazing. Yeah. But he's also super strong. He's got the height, which is going to test players um, yeah. sort of close to goal in the goal square. So, and we, and we know that Schultz likes to roam around a little bit. He's got that pace and repeat leading and all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, when we finally get a chance to see them both play together, uh, what sort of roles they play. Oh, yeah. Um, who's going to be the more influential recruit, Charlie Dixon or Nathan Bassett? Nathan Bassett. That's how tough a marker I am. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's fair. I'm I'm going to say Bassett as well. I think our defensive group as a whole has maybe been a touch overrated. Um, I think they really had a poor year as a group last year. Gave up too many goals, too many inside 50s, and were maybe a little bit too loose. I think Bass will fix that um, and will really make our defence a bit more accountable. Um, I can't see him putting up with the leaks that we had last year, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd go a little bit deeper than that and think I thought our coaches were really outcoached last year and uh, maybe that's why some of them aren't there or, and some have been reshuffled. But um, I really think, yeah, you know, we need Bassett to really come in and, and put that def- defensive stamp into our, our structure and hopefully that will be enough to, to lock us down and reduce the goals again and, uh, and really push us towards the finals. Yeah, I think I think that back six has like obviously talent, um, and, and a terrific balance of different, you know, different specialities. So you really only think is perfection, and if if that can bring that and even improve that, then then they genuinely go from from overrated to uh, correctly rated. Uh, what are your expectations for Jimmy Tumpus this year? I literally don't know. I mean, I have to admit, like, I know I've read a lot about how spectacular he was as a junior, but I never saw it because I wasn't paying attention to the sandful in that particular time. So, yeah, I want to see some of that um, some of that explosiveness that, that, uh, that got him drafted so early. Fat boy? Is he still fat? Nah. He's massive, nah. mate. <laughs> I barely saw him. <laughs> uh, I... Um... I really, I really, I'm really intrigued. Do you, I, do you reckon he's going to start round one, or do you think they're going to bring him up through the uh, the SA and Well, that's one of the, uh, I guess, the the preseason's biggest questions is who gets Monfrey's spot, mm. really, because you'd think Tumpus would be a big chance of that. Maybe Carl Amon might might be a chance. Archie, Sam Gray. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of players that that can perform that role. Um, and of course, we've already spoken about Cahoon as well. But um, I think Jimmy um, could hold one of the keys to our premiership. I mean, if, if he can come in and play good, consistent football, then it really opens up our side quite a bit. He's got pace, he's got good skills, um, can kick goals. We just need him to stay fit. If he can reach his potential, then this is a, a real sort of Josh Marnie type deal from 2004 where we've got someone cheap and they have a real big impact in a premiership year. I hate to be boring, but I, I guess the round one thing really depends on what happens in the in the NAB Cup. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, just... there's five or six guys vying for maybe two spots. Yeah. Um, 
So it's really whoever performs better gets it, really. I think Thomas might be in the box seat to get one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we look, we kind of like the idea of, um, you know, as a club, and that goes for the coaches as well, we really kind of like the idea of him coming out and just exploding onto the scene. So we may even make a risky selection in round one just on the off chance that that could happen. Is Jimmy really a, a forward pocket, though? It doesn't seem like that sort of guy to me. Well, Monfrey's... Hasn't really been playing forward pocket for yeah. us. He's more sort of forward flank pushing up to a wing. So mm. as I think we really lead up forward. Rate, I think we underrate Monfries. Well, I don't think you oh, do. Oh, absolutely. As a as a core supporter group, I think people underrate Monfries. I mean, his people defensive great defensive forwards though. So yeah, um, it's just yeah. thankless roles. He did yeah. some wonderful defensive jobs last year that, that helped us to win games. And, you know, there was a period where he was kicking a couple of goals a week as well. So I thought he had a pretty good year last year. But um, And I, I do think, as I've said before, I, I think we're going to really miss him this year. And he, he provides a lot of experience, uh, a lot of good defensive pressure, can kick goals. And, you know, hopefully Tumpus can come in and, and do that sort of job. Mm. Yeah. Yes. You go, Rick. I was just going to say, it's, it's interesting and exciting, and that's what a, our new season's all about, isn't it? But uh, I don't think uh, he'll be sitting in the forward pocket that much, I'd imagine, no. if he is playing for us. No. He'll be forward flank, wing, wing. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit around the bowl as well. That would be where I would predict um, him to play. I'd be expecting Jakey Need probably to start, to be honest. It's his time to shine. Yeah. No, that's fair as well. Yeah, so he's more of the forward pocket type. Stay yeah, around the exactly. goals and, and exactly hopefully right. crumb some goals off uh, off Dixon and Schultz. But yeah, I guess last year we saw the emergence of Sam Gray and Brendan Archie as a pretty strong components of a winning side. Which of our youngsters um, is going to stand up this year? Are they still youngsters? <laughs> I think I think Jake Need's going to stand up this year. I think. Yep. The Monfrey's loss is going to be a real opportunity for him. And um, last season, he probably just was a little bit of a slow starter. Um, but he sort of he had influences outside of that. So I'm hoping that we can probably see 16 games outside of finals from Jake this year and really string some consistency. And obviously, it's at, you know Chad's probably going to spend a bit more time in the midfield again. So you know, we're going to need to see his defensive ability inside that forward 50 and his crumbing ability. Yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd absolutely love Jake to make it as a as a first twenty two player. He just sometimes looks a bit lost out there and just not sure exactly what his role is on the day. But you know his um, his finishing ability and obviously the the pace and the fact that he always draws free kicks for getting hit high. <laughs> I just love every minute of it. So yeah, I'd love I'd love to see that. As far as like um, youngsters standing up though, I mean I've already mentioned. Uh, I'd love to see lots of Dougal and I'd love to see lots of Billy Frampton, but the other side of that coin is that if we do see lots of them, it probably means we've had a shitload of injuries to tall players and we're probably not travelling all that well. So, um, yeah, a bit of um, bit of conflict there for me. Yeah. yeah for me, I'm thinking uh, Carl Amon might be the one that stands up a bit this year and, and hopefully I reckon he's ready to explode and, and really become a, an important part of our first 22 um, I'm not really sure where he's going to fit, but I'm really hoping Cleary gets more regular games this year as well. I think he's good enough. He's ready to go. 
Um, and I think from the new crop, uh, I reckon Will Snelling might uh, be the first to debut out of this year's draftees. How are we going to fit Tom Cleary in when you've got Alipati Carlisle, Jake Holmes, uh, Jackson Trengove, um, Jasper Pittard, Jasper Pittard, Jasper Pittard, Tom Jonas, um, Matthew Broadbent, really, near, you reckon? Well, we know that Carlisle and Trengove are most likely going to miss games. Because they always do. Come on, buddy. Leave my buddy alone. He is rock solid this year. He is going to be a lock. Plus, look, I mean, Cleary could easily take over Jonas's job if um, if Jonas doesn't improve from his form last year. Well, we that know, is I true. think there's spots available there. Yeah. Jonas and we know that Cleary's super fit as well, so maybe we might see him push um, further up the ground and, and play a different sort of role. Is that running midfielder tagging role still a potential possibility, or is it a bit of a pipe dream that he can play that sort of role? Well, I guess you've got to ask the question of, is anyone going to play that role this year? With Corns mm. gone, do we see anyone playing a real sort of defensive tagging job? Um, and at this point, I'm not really sure we will or, or who might even perform that role. Mm. Yeah, I don't think we've really got anybody. So maybe we're just going to relinquish that role altogether. We know Nathan Bassett loves his uh, flooding of the ball and uh, zoning. So uh, maybe uh, with with that sort of style, if that sort of comes into our game plan, uh, maybe the tagger won't be um, as influential. I guess I never really watched Nord in the SANFL. Did he bother with taggers at that level when he was coach? Uh, Pass? Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't know. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any Nord Port fans out there, if there's anyone that can uh, uh, send me a message and... Let me know. That'd be interesting. But I, I don't really think uh, we'll do one, to be honest. I think we're just going to back ourselves in and run like mad. If there's any Norwood and Port fans out there, I don't want to hear from them. Hey, I, <laughs> I know some Norwood Port following people. One actually works in my office. I reiterate my point. That, you know, no, that's not okay. <laughs> Look, if Loby plays every game and we win a premiership, should he be chaired around the MCG and... Will he have a bronze statue out the front of Alberton? Sure, why not? I think we should have two bronze statues. And <laughs> one at Alberton, and one at uh, Adelaide Oval. Yep, yeah, and he should be, and Prince Harry should be in it too, and they should be <laughs> arm in arm. I like your style, Rick. Thank you very much. It's not too uh, bad seeing I don't know anything. This is true. This is very true. Uh, what aspects of our game um, do you hope have improved from last year? Our switch, our transition. See, I banged on about it before. Um, I think we, uh, yeah, we need to be a lot more clever with our play and trying to switch around the zone. Yep, just risk taking fundamentally. Mm. We just we were a bit psyched out. We got on onto the back foot. Uh, after some some early results didn't go our way and we never really recovered from it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, for me, so, it's probably Tom, midfield strategy. I think ball movement, I think pace, defensive structure as well. They're the four keys uh, that I want to see improve from 2015. Our clearance work last year um, wasn't all that good. It, it really does need to be better. We need to play more direct or, or at least find a way to defeat the choke that opposition teams were able to put on us last year and Hopefully the uh, 
the addition of Polek and Tumpa should reinvigorate uh, the pace in our side a bit. And an efficient quadrangle of doom. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, prediction time. How many games are we going to win and where will that see us finish on the ladder? We will win 18 games and finish second. Okay. Yeah, but he reckons also that Dixon's going to kick 20 goals and he'll pass that too. I don't think, but I don't believe I said 20. <laughs> I believe I said double that. No, you just have low expectations. <laughs> I reckon 17 and we'll finish second. But okay. we'll, win the grand, we'll win the grand final. All right. I'm going to say 17 wins, and that's got uh, us finishing third. Uh, so, Rick, you think uh, we'll finish, we'll make the grand final? Yeah, mate. It's our time to shine. I really believe that we can do that. Raman? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll win the premiership. Yeah. I think it's dependent on the first final. I think if we finish third, um, it's going to be tough. If we get the double chance and win... Yeah. You know, I've, I think we'll be playing in a grand final. If we have to play in a way prelim to Sydney or Hawthorne or Frio, I think we might be in a bit of trouble, but you never know. Uh, who's going to win our best and fairest? Ollie Wine. Chad, the God Wingard. Okay. I'm going to say Matty Loby. Oh, the Lobster. Has, the he Lobster. Ever, has he ever polled that high up? Uh, he will this year when he uh, gets chaired off the MCG because he's won us a premiership. Because so he managed to stay fit all year. Expecting big things. That's it. Who's going to be our leading goal kicker? Charlie Dixon with 40. Yeah, Dixon with about 25, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's going to be disappointing. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Schultz with 49. I think he's going to be our key Target still. I think he's going to get loose with uh, opposition concentrating on the marking target of Dixon. And I think Schultz will kick uh, 49 and Dicko will kick 45. Nice. I still reckon Dicko will kick 65 goals. Yep. In the, the season, not the final series. Okay. Mm. So the top four, who's going to make top four? Hawthorne, Port, Sydney, Richmond. Hawthorne, Port, Sydney, Richmond. Shit. It's uh, just because I want to play Richmond, you know, in the first week. But you know, whatever. Do you? Shit, what, who what, made the Who made the finals last year? I can't even remember. <laughs> Hawthorne, Port, West Coast, Fremantle. I don't rate West Coast. I think they had a fluke year. Yeah, I think they'll drop a little bit. Yeah, well, who gives a shit what you guys think? That's what <laughs> I think. You asking me? That's my answer. Stop picking That's on it. me. <laughs> I'm going to say Frio's going to finish top, Sydney second, Port third, Hawthorne fourth. Why do you still think Frio will be strong? I th- still think they've got one of the best midfields in the game. I think they've still got one of the best defence in the game. Um, I think they're still going to kick a few goals. Um, the only real sort of, I guess, downspot in their side is the lack of numerous key forwards, but I think they'll look outside that. I mean, they seem to go all right last year. Um, what's that, sorry? You think they're almost more dependent on Pav than we are on Wobie? Uh Yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't think Taberner's going to be the answer to them. Um, maybe someone like Apeness might come up and, and kick a few goals. You never know. But uh, they really need a, at least another sort of genuine option up forward. But um, I think 
with their structures, we know that um, Ross Lyon's sort of game style is good enough to, to finish very, very high up the ladder on a regular basis. So uh, I think that'll happen again this year. And I still don't think they'll make a grand final, though. Well, Aitness actually generate the funkiest crowd participation ever in football when he influences a game and people just jump up and down in their seats acting like an ape. What do you reckon? Is that going to happen? Could happen. How's it going, Megger? <laughs> I, I can see it happening. I, reckon we I can see that happening. I reckon we should start it at Adelaide Oval if they're coming over. It scares me greatly, but um, you know, I think that could happen. We could all pull our tops up, expose our bellies, scratch our nipples. <laughs> Why Raman's bending over the couch? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's going to win the wooden spoon? I reckon the crows. <laughs> as much as I'd like that, come on. Nah, I don't know. You'd have to go Carlton or Essendon. Well, Essendon, really. Just yeah. So. yeah, I've picked Carlton for the wooden spoon. I oh think Essendon God. will win around about five games. I reckon Carlton about three. This will be hilarious come post-season. I'm looking forward to this one. Mm. Who's going to win the Brownlow? Dangerfield. Ch- Chad the Gun Wingard. Dangerfield. I'm going to say Daniel Hannabury. Yeah. Because they've got Sydney finishing top. Uh, sorry, uh, second. I reckon they'll win enough games. And Hanovery always polls really bloody well. Yeah. Chad the Gun Wingarden. Third All-Australian. Third Port Adelaide Best and Ferris. I, 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 I love Rick's answer and Macca's answer just pours me to tears. Yeah, <laughs> nah, not Dan Hanovery. <laughs> I like Dan Hanovery. Yeah, I like him too, but he still bores me. It's still boring. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to say Matthew Loby for the brown line. <laughs> and the Coleman. Can you make a monkey bet too, Macca? And he's going to win the Golden Fist as well. The Golden Fist. Now we're just going downhill. I think we're padding there. What else yeah, left? Absolutely. That's it. Nah, we're gone. We're done. That's it for this evening. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Hopefully we'll fix those... Um, uh, those technical difficulties uh, next week, and we won't have a, a computer crash halfway through the podcast. Um, we could possibly fix the non-technical professionalism as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. Rick, you won't be on, so that's uh, that's good. What are you talking about? I thought, I thought this was a high-quality show tonight. Oh, it is. That's why I think our, our two listeners will love it. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Look, as always, we're going to be doing a podcast a week until the minor round starts uh, when we'll go back to our two-a-week two format with a preview and a review every week. Um, if you want to be on the show, then shoot us a PM um, and we'll get it organised. If you've got any topics that you want us to talk about, uh, then also make it known. It's a podcast for the fans um, and we want your input. Absolutely. It's been great coming back. Thanks, Raman and Macca, for tolerating me. Thanks, Rick. For, um, for not burping during the broadcast. It's yes. been a pleasure. I'll be more professional and I'll be family friendly for Dylan next week. That's it. <laughs> All right, on that <laughs> note, Carl Port Adelaide. Big he was the hero a couple of years ago in Port Adelaide's last showdown win. It's bending. That's an old time classic. <laughs>